Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to The Upfront Investor, the show where each and every week I give you all the very latest information on what's happening in the Australian share market. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation. Now let's get into it. Hello and welcome to The Upfront Investor. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And today I'd like to talk about uh, investing in overseas markets because the strength of the, the US market over recent years has, and the introduction of exchange-traded funds a couple of years back has, has uh, always is driving Australians to consider investing in global markets. But is all this interest in these global markets a case of too little, too late? Uh, and I, I believe the answer is yes, firstly because history shows us that as soon as retail investors get interested in a market, then the peak's generally not too far away. As, as they say, the amateurs buy at the top and sell at the bottom, um, and uh, whereas investors buy at the bottom and sell at the top, so they do the topsy-turvy. Now further, I, I'd suggest that the US market is already overextended, and, and it's common for those with the least knowledge to take the highest risk and buy near market tops and sell near market bottoms, as I've just mentioned. So why do they take higher risks? And and to me, it's simply because many mistakenly believe that that if a market or a stock has risen in the past year or several years, that 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 market or stock will achieve the same result in the future. Now, hence, this is why ASIC has this big warning on or uh, makes... Uh, fund managers and uh, other people in the in the industry give us big warnings that past performance is not an indicator of future performance, and because it, it really isn't. Uh, and the sad fact is, the ma- the majority actually ignore the warning. Uh, they often uh, I often have so many people going, "Well, why did you invest in this?" Or when I ask them, "Why did you invest in this?" They go, "Oh, it made X percent last year," and I go, "Well, that's past. Doesn't mean you're going to get that." And and a lot of people don't understand that. They just think because that something made five or ten or twenty or thirty percent last year, that's exactly the return they're going to get. And and when they don't get it, they get disappointed. Uh, and to me, is there's a couple of things you can't predict. And one is future performance. In terms of you can have an idea of what might happen, but at the end of the day, the market dictates what's going to happen, not what you think might happen. So to me, it's about being in the markets when they're moving up, keeping out of them when they're moving down. So it's a good idea whether you. Uh, so it's, it, it, to get a good idea of whether you should invest in anything, it's always wise to look at a price chart or what they call an open high-low close chart um, in technical terms, but it's a basic price chart, and it could be a, a line chart or it could be a bar chart, which I use, and uh, a price chart, and it tells you exactly what you, or, or sorry, look at the chart of exactly what you want to invest in, as this tells you the strength of buying and selling in what you're wanting to buy or wanting to sell, and as such tells you what might occur in the future. Now, I often get people say to me, oh, I want to invest in X, and I go, why? Because they go, because the US market did this. And to me, I, I say to them, well, what's this got to do? What's the U.S. market got to do with that stock? For example, what has the U.S. market got to do with Coles or Meyer? And it, the answer is really nothing much. Um, and so always look at what you're wanting to buy and look at a price chart of what you're wanting to buy. 
because it'll actually tell you what's going on and what might happen in the future because a price chart is the most unadulterated factual information you can get because news and media is where the majority of people get their information from and that can be color-coded or, or sugar-coded or um, turned into whatever somebody might believe whereas a bar chart or a price chart is basically or is factually totally accurate information and unbiased because it's actual numbers of transactions and prices of transactions on a stock or a market. So that's why I look at those because you're getting that, you're not getting a biased view, you're getting a a very black and white view of what's going on. So it gives you an indication of what may happen in the future. Now looking at the US share market or how the US share market has traded over the past few years, it's really easy to see why it it appears to be an attractive option for retail investors. As the S&P 500 has risen 184% since March 2009. Now, that's phenomenal. It's way above what our market's done. And this is a nice return if you can get it, but right now, that's past. It's not happening. It, it's the past return. So anybody that was in the S&P 500 since 2009 may have got a return like that if they'd balanced a portfolio to average the market. Some people may have outperformed that and some people may have got less than that. But it's past. You can't think about that as what you might get in the future just because it has happened in the past. So whilst that's a nice return, if you can get it, doesn't mean you're going to be guaranteed. So that said, mentioning, as said mentioned above, this does not mean that in the next few years, the S&P 500 will make another 184%. I think that's really the, the crux of what I'm trying to say is just because it did, it doesn't mean you're going to get it in the future. So why go and invest in it now unless unless it's still looking good or that market's still looking good or the stock's still looking good. Now, taking a closer look shows that the US market has been running at a speed well above its longer-term average. Now, historic, as history shows us how every market eventually comes back to its average. So it's like... um. It's like a linear line. We can draw a linear line on a chart, but the, 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 what a stock or a market does is almost like a rubber band going around it. So it overextends and then so it goes above the linear line and then back below it and above it and then below it again. But it has an average that it will travel on in time and price over a particular day. So, for example, a stock or market may travel at one cent or one point per day. And over 100 days, it would have risen 100 points or 100 cents. Now, there's an historical average of the All Ordinance Index and there's an historical average of the S&P 500. So what we're seeing is the the S&P 500 has been running at a speed well above its long-term average. That suggests to me that it's too hot. So it's so what goes up fast must come down fast, basically, is really what we're talking about. So thumbing's travelling faster, it can't keep up that speed for too long. So history shows us every market eventually comes back to its average and with the U.S. market, this usually happens fast, and so because it's much more volatile than our market, or much more short-term than our market. In fact, I know I was, I was actually have, uh, for those who have read my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds, they know that I did some research on the U.S. market, you know, probably 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago, and showed you how much more volatile it is compared to our market, and why ours is much more safe, or much safer. If it's better English. Um, we all know that when markets fall fast, it is exactly the, the time when the inexperienced get caught. And we still have a very, or we all still have very strong memories of what occurred during the GFC. And that's running around in our heads. So currently my analysis is indicating that a top on the US market is li- li- likely no later than the second half of 2014. And we're already into the second half of 2014. Therefore, anyone interested in the U.S. share market may be entering just prior to a decline. 
which is always the highest risk time. In contrast, if we compare what has occurred in the US share market to the Australian share market, then we find it's running around half the speed. And as I mentioned above, wise investment is is not simply a matter of looking at past gains, as there are no guarantees that they will continue. When investing overseas, investors need to factor the impact of our currency risk as well when they're investing. And whilst the Australian dollar, and whilst the Australian dollar is is not only strong against the US dollar, but is rising, this is a real concern because. You know, if our market rises 10 or 15% against the US dollar, then the return that you're getting from US shares is just going to be crunched because they need to make up 18% for you to break even. Of course, it can work the reverse. If our market or our dollar drops against the US and you're getting a rise in the US dollar and a rise in the shares, then it can be a double whammy, a double bonus. But it can also be a negative. So you need to make sure that um, what's going on is that Australian dollar is not rising if you're investing overseas. And right now, I don't see anything that's going to stop the uh, or get the American dollar, the US dollar, strong against the Australian dollar at the moment. I just don't think it's going to happen for quite a long time. So you obviously you've got the impact of the Australian dollar, and that is really a concern. And further, Australians investing overseas markets will miss out on benefits of franking credits, which are a part of our market. Franking credits. Um, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, and somebody else there might know, but I don't know whether there's any other markets in the world where they actually give us the benefit of franking credits. Um, it may be there may be some out there, but it's a real good benefit to the Australian market, especially if you're a retiree um, from that. Um, so that you're getting you're getting really good benefits from franking credits as a retiree or a self-managed super fund. The Australian market is running reasonably close to its longer-term trend, and therefore, if our market does peak and start to pull back this year, the downside is likely to be far less than what could occur in the US market if it falls, because we're running on a sustainable trend that we've been on a long time. So therefore, that's what I'm suggesting is our market is much less volatile at the moment. Therefore, I show you the Australian share market is a much safer option to that of the US market. Now, if you're hell-bent on investing overseas, then for those considering dipping their toes into overseas waters, I will say that being forearmed is really being forewarned. So before you invest a dollar into any overseas markets, number one, learn to read the warning signs. And we're seeing those now. Learn to read what they are, as I said. Uh, also, things like borrowing, if they're starting to borrow a lot more, that's a nice big warning sign as well. Now, never risk more than you're prepared to lose. And that goes with any investing, not just investing overseas, but any investing don't ever invest in things you don't understand, but also don't. Make sure if you're going to invest in overseas markets, make sure that uh, if things go pear-shaped that you're okay with it all. Number three, learn how to safely invest and protect your capital. Number one priority. That should always be number one, actually, not number three. But uh, uh, what do they say? Um, um, education is a progressive realisation of your ignorance. That's one thing that Einstein's actually said. But uh, um, to me, you're going to get an education with the share market, and sometimes it's really costly. Um, and sometimes it's better to be educated properly. Number four, find out what it costs. Now, brokerage for international shares is generally much higher than rates for local stocks. It's also a little bit more complex as far as, um, this is my number five, is setting up brokering accounts overseas can be complex and risky, and you need to know where your money is being held and the protections that exist in that country. So you need to make sure that, you know, if you sell the shares, how long it's going to take you to get the money back. If your money comes back, it's, you know, what kind of bank account, who owns that bank account. Um, well, just because it's your money doesn't mean you control the money, if that it makes sense. Some Quite often money gets put into pooled accounts, and you've got a bit of that uh, because that's your portion of it. So you need to understand all of those sorts of things before you actually invest. 
Number six, don't make any decisions based on tips. Really do your own research, and I'm serious about this one. Um, I get people saying, I want to buy in this you know, speculative tech stock, biotech, whatever in the US, and you really need to do your research and never invest in anything you don't understand. As I said before, that was number seven. Uh, number six was don't even make decisions based on tips. Now, last week, now let's, well, I want to get into the market now and finish it off with what I think the market's going to do. <coughs> Excuse me. Last week, the market continued to trade higher, which was a really great sign and stopping just short of the lower band of my target or my target level of about 5,600 points. Now, it broke through that 5550 points, which is great. Uh, and which is what I needed to break through. So the current upper level at the moment is 5,800 points. However, depending on what occurs over the next few weeks, I may adjust this upward. Now, one thing I want to, to share with everybody, it's important for shareholders to remember that this is reporting season. And at the moment, the market is running on financial use, news. That said, the reactions to news is normally very, very short term and nothing to generally be worried about. And reporting season is something that a lot of people watch and then they make some investment decisions and the big players sort of push stocks around a little bit because of it. But generally, it's nothing. It's all very short term emotion. So it's generally nothing to be worried about. Now, in the US, company earnings have been positive, which is nice. And, and this has had flow on effects to our market. And it's more to do with, um, um, you, obviously, the US market being the biggest consumers on the planet, basically. It, it does affect world markets. But if the US uh, are doing okay, and the US companies are doing okay, it puts a little bit less fear around the world, I suppose, is the easiest way to say that. Um, so so while so the US companies are reporting um, uh, with the uh, positive, and, and obviously that is having flow on effects. And we've seen good reports go on, um, reports coming out from big Australian companies like BHP that are helping to really drive our market higher. Now that said, the mood softened a little last Thursday, and, and instead of the, the run continuing, the All Orders Index hovered around Wednesday's close, which is why I said a little bit earlier, it sort of got up to that 5,600 points, but sort of stopped a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I, be, I believe we will soon see our market break above that 5,600 point level and continue towards my upper band uh, of the target zone. Now, confirmation that the move um, may prompt me, all that move through that 5,600 point level may prompt me to revise my upper uh, target level to above 5,000 points. However, for the time being, I think it's, uh, oh, look, I really believe it's being conservative is best right now. Um, lastly, uh, before I finish up, is use stop losses. All the use of stop losses are essential in any market, but even more so in the current market, because whilst I still think the market is bullish, I still think that, that, there's that in the back of my mind is that US market, if it does have a meltdown in the next six months, then it could cause a blip in our market. And whilst I don't think that'll be bad, it's always always protect your downside. Um, and because as I, I, you might have heard me say, I, nobody ever tells me that they're worried about a share going up. They're always worried about it going down. So I always have a stop loss underneath your shares. And if you get stopped out, big deal. Just buy back in later on if it proves to be strong. But uh, I'll leave all that with you. Been listening to the upfront investor. I'm Dale Gillen, the chief analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care, good luck, good trading, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to this week's Upfront Investor podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation.